Hi everyone, welcome to Plugged In, an electric rideshare podcast based in Portland, Oregon, where we talk with rideshare drivers about their experience switching to electric. I'm your host, Lindsay Schelke. I'm a program associate at Forth, a nonprofit advancing electric, smart, and shared mobility. Hey, Jose. Hey, how's it going, Lizzie? Good. I'm glad to be speaking with you. How have things been? Things have been good. The rideshare um, situation has kind of changed due to the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. How has your experience doing rideshare work changed? Um, mostly, there was a, a longer time in between calls, um, which did allow you to, um, to charge, to sit and charge, but basically it became more of a waiting game. Um, which is somewhat of a benefit when you're driving EV. Yeah, what is the model of the EV that you drive? A Chevy Bolt. Chevy Bolt, nice. And you use public charging exclusively, right? Yes, I use uh, EVgo for the most part. Nice. You incorporate charging throughout your your time doing rideshare. How long are your typical you know shifts on the road? Yeah, I'd say for the most part, the most I'm able to drive at once uh, maybe five hours before I would need to charge, especially being in California with hills and valleys and stuff as you increase in altitude. The power can hemorrhage your time. Yeah, that's very much a factor. I totally want to like rewind and acknowledge like you're from the LA area, right? Yeah. Tell us a bit more just about yourself. Yeah, so um, I'm a musician. I play the drums and I work for a beauty brand. Um, in my spare time before work, I, I like to drive. I figure it's easy money and it's time that I would use to exercise and things like that. So, I mean, it's just extra time and extra money. How did you land on using an EV for rideshare work? Oh, that's a good question. When I look, I think, you know what? I was Googling where can I find an EV to rent? And then I came across a program that had a bunch of General Motors cars and I was able to rent an EV. The price was really good at first because they wanted to get people in. And as time went by, it increased to the point that it was almost the same as renting a gas-powered vehicle in addition to paying for gas. I would say throughout the entire program, the price increased by maybe 30 to 40%. Yeah, that's substantial, Um, especially... Did you, was a part of your motivation to get into electric because it it would save you money? That was part of it. I also liked that I was helping the environment, that I was able to drive in a HOV lane by myself, especially in Southern California with uh, times of the day where the traffic is just terrible. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. So the reason I got into the EV was to save money and also to help the environment. Um, I loved driving in the HOV lane by myself. It's a game changer. There's just multiple benefits, multiple benefits. Yeah, and I remember you saying that you wouldn't do Lyft or Uber in a car that wasn't electric. Yeah, no way. For me, at least. The margins just don't make sense. Do you think that by driving an electric vehicle, it takes less time to earn money after the expense of charging? Definitely less time. And then you're never getting oil changes. Like, you drive so much. I drive part-time five, six days a week. And that ends up being like an extra, 
I don't know, 900 to 1,000 miles that I wouldn't, I wouldn't drive if I wasn't driving Uber or Lyft. Having said that, if you start to multiply those miles over weeks, you need an oil change like every month and a half, two months. With the EV, you don't need an oil change at all. For sure. How long have you driven an electric vehicle for rideshare total? So I've driven rideshare for two years. I would say I've been in the EV for probably a year and three months. I remember once I had to turn back because they needed to take it back for some reason. I can't remember. And they didn't have one because the demand shot up for them. So they put me in a, uh, in a gas car for a couple months until one became available. That was miserable, but... Yeah, like after going electric, it just felt like a, a downer. Exactly. <laughs> it felt like a huge step back. Like one great thing about driving an electric car ride share is that it, it's almost like a conversation piece. Like if someone was to walk into your house and they see a, a book on the table that they like and you just start talking about EVs. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the people who rode with you also became more interested in EVs themselves? Yeah. I've had a handful of people say that they're going to consider getting an EV. I've had even more people say, if I have, if I go back to driving a car, the only way I would drive a car is if it was an EV. Those are people that like rely on Uber and Lyft for the most part by choice. I identify with that public transit and rideshare reliance. Sure, both. Yeah. What has been an experience while doing rideshare where? Um, especially in our current times, like, um, do you have any experiences doing rideshare where you can uh, attest to either, like, why you love it or how you've been able to help someone? I can think of a time I picked a lady up from the airport and she had to go to this town that's, like, 20 miles north of L.A. and it's at a higher elevation. It's it's the high desert. And it was, like, an hour and 15-minute ride. And um, my range said that I could make it 100 miles. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. It's 20 miles away, but I will be on the highway and going up in elevation. The range at one point seemed like like 11 miles away, and it said I would make it like 15 miles because the range was going down very quickly. And the person that I was taking at one point in the conversation, we started talking about EVs, and range came up. And then I was like, to be honest with you, like right now, I don't know if we're going to make it all the way there. Like, I was like, when I left, it said I had 100 miles. But right now it's saying I have 12 miles and, you know, we're eight miles away. And the lady was so considerate. She said she would pay for, like, the car to be towed somewhere where I could charge it. Long story short, we ended up making it. And there was a charging station 10 minutes from our house. So I made it to charge and I drove home. But I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that is funny. Um, And I guess I didn't help her, but she was very willing to help me. What a nice passenger. Is that your experience? Like, have you had those maybe close calls? Or um, is your experience, one, that passengers are appreciative of the the fact of range? Um, And also, do you notice that a lot of the times if you've cut it close that you can still find charging near where you've had to drop off yes and yes i've never gotten towed i did see um i've been at a station before where someone else with a chevy bolt they had completely exhausted their range to the point that the car had to be towed which is something i try not to do i 
I don't really let it get low that much. I kind of take usually 60, like no less than 60 miles. That's pretty much the equivalent to zero in my mind. How long does it take you to go recharge in that case? Oh, if you were down that low, it's probably going to take an hour and a half. I kind of don't pay attention because I kind of just start reading or something. Or I'll walk home. Uh, There's a charging station not too far from my place. Yeah, that makes sense. Why do you like driving for work? It's really easy. In the morning, I kind of just have the system where I take someone to the airport and pick someone up from the airport. And once I drop that person off where they are, I'll do like maybe three more rides. And then by then, by that time, it's time for me to get to work. And I'm not the biggest fan of uh, driving at night. So I, if anything, I prefer to get up early. It just, it works really well for me. Yeah. What is your shift like then? I usually get up at like five and I drive from like six to 10. Yeah. You're organized. You get to <laughs> try to be right. Kind of have a routine yeah. about it. How many miles do you drive? in a day on average? If I get lucky, I would say like 100. If it's like it's been earlier in the pandemic, it would be uh, 40. Do you prefer driving on weekends or weekdays? People's attitudes are a little bit better on the weekends, but the weekday is so busy. The weekend is like it gets busy when you don't want (laughs) to be working anymore for the most part. Like my whole get up early strategy, doesn't work well on the weekends that's why it's usually four to five days a week that I drive um I'll do one day on the weekend but you know we like to enjoy our weekends I totally understand that that's nice that you can still choose times that you want to work and and make it work for you it still pans out how long is a typical ride for you I would say 30 minutes usually get around two rides an hour Interesting. Yeah, the LA market is also so different. In Portland, you can get anywhere in like a pretty short period of time. <laughs> LA. I mean, that's how life should be. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> a lot of gas TNC drivers are concerned about how they will fit EV charging into their work routine. Um, could you speak to how you made those adjustments? It was really easy. It was a lot easier for me because the station near my house has like eight chargers. So there's never been a time where there are seven other people charging. So anytime I go there, I can charge, which is definitely a blessing. Everyone doesn't have it like that. My advice to someone when we seek out the best, the place that has the most charges, charges is close to you. Hopefully it happens that uh, in the future that drivers could be prioritized and have priority and designated charging locations. So Jose, how do you drive to conserve your range and make the most of it? The first thing is kind of the trickiest part. It's all about temperature, especially when you're driving somewhat over like 20 minutes. Because if eventually, if someone's uncomfortable with the temperature, they're going to say something. If you were always had AC, I would say you're probably, quote unquote, wasting 40, 30 to 40 miles. If you know how to mix it, like mix the AC, also mixing it with the fan and maybe the windows. That'll help a lot. But the most important thing is speed. So did you find yourself kind of strategically staying central or anything like that at times? If if I have to go on the freeway, I just know that I need to be thinking about charging after or a long ride on the freeway. Let's say more than 30 minutes. Right, right. What was your perception of electric cars before you switched? 
when I thought of electric cars, I just only thought of Tesla. I just thought of just like this fast, quiet car. Um, and then once I started driving them and realizing how they had the uh, options to drive with like one pedal, you didn't really have to use the brake that much. I just felt so much safer. Tell me more about that, like that sense of safety. I think that's really important to drivers to feel safe, especially the risk that you take on, the extra insurance that you're probably paying. Why does it feel safer and how? Well, I can think of like when I accelerate from a stop at a stoplight, you like zoom off and you're not even really going that fast. You're just accelerating so much quicker than a regular car. They respond very quickly. And do you like the shape of your vehicle and like the size and shape? Does it work well for you? Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, people are surprised about how they can fit in there. How about the trunk space and fitting luggage in? A lot of the times when you're taking people to and from the airport, you want to make sure that you can fit all their stuff with you. I have no complaints. The boat's trunk is actually really deep. They did a really good job maximizing the space. There's a lot of headroom. Four people fit in there very comfortably. I, as a matter of fact, I wish I could like ride in some other EVs. Because as far as I'm concerned, the bolts set the standard pretty high. Yeah, I really like bolts too. Just to clarify too, when you rent, you don't have to do the maintenance, do you? No, all of that's included. Insurance, yeah. maintenance, charging. Insurance too? Yeah. I always wondered how much would it be for me to just lease a bolt myself. I mean, I guess I would just have to get rid of my regular car. Ah, you got a regular car too. That would be a good down payment. That's my goal at least. (laughs) What do you think the price difference was going electric? Oh, so before they raised the price, I was definitely saving $150 a week. Nice. If you had an electric vehicle lease, let's just suppose, you know, I know that you rent, but if you had a lease that was like between four and $500 a month, do you think you'd still make money just with the gas? I'd make, I'd make more than I do now. I don't know how much. I guess I'm a little spoiled with the charging situation because I have the unlimited card and I can just charge whenever I want. But the charging is only $6 per 45 minutes. So the most you would have to ch- to pay to, to charge fully is uh, $12. Yeah, like $12 a day. Whereas... When you drove gas, how much would you spend in a day? When I had a Prius, I would just uh, put $20 in it every day to drive for like seven hours. Ah, so you're actually calculating based on like a hybrid cost savings too, like uh, which already is a factor. A lot of people who drive rideshare are in hybrids. And to this point, some of the studies show that that's actually the best driver economics is um, to be in a hybrid. And with each passing year, it's getting more towards all electric vehicles. Yeah, really a nice hybrid is nice too, don't get me wrong. I would still prefer a, uh, an electric vehicle over hybrid. Because a, a lot of people really do have good experiences with hybrids and it's valid, especially you know with the range factor, the full-time driving. But the people who are all electric and learn how to incorporate fast charging. Um, and you find what to do with your time, actually. And I think you've mentioned this already, is like, what what can you do with that downtime? And so many drivers are in this cycle of not taking breaks, really, or just only taking bathroom breaks, eating on the road, just like a very 
been a hectic schedule. Um, can you tell us about like how you perceive charging? Like the mental break of just being able to sit in a quiet space for 45 minutes after driving around, especially when the traffic is bad, can help out a lot. Or me personally, I, I uh, charge at the end of my day. And I just like, I'll read a book or listen to a podcast or anything. The time goes by so quickly. Yeah, it's like I would probably read a book or listen to a podcast at home anyway. Oh, That's and another thing, um, all of Maven's EVs come with a cord, so you can charge at home. Um, I live in an apartment, so I'm not able to do that. But I think you told me that in California, if I ask, they kind of have to put one in or something like that. In California, it's called your right to charge, and it's a program where um, if you rent your your complex or whatever, they they have to respect that right that you need to charge. And, you know, it will be up to code and that kind of thing. However, you'll pay for it. And the installation can be pricey. Um, but with that, there are also incentives. So different rebate opportunities and thing like, things like that to make sure that you figure out where they'll install it and what level and that kind of thing. Um, so you can get help through that process, but it is some cost to the person who demands it, I would say. Then that apartment complex will just have a charger. You know, whoever does that is doing a favor for that complex in the long term. And then on the other side of it, there are a lot of apartment complexes that make that investment because they know there are residents that, you know, that'll appeal to and it increases the value. I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I want people to get a good deal. So you're on the road a lot and, uh, I'm kind of curious, what do you like to listen to? Yeah, I find myself listening to a lot of, like, ESPN podcasts. I'm really into, like, college football and things like that. And I also like uh, the Bodega Boys. Um, okay. Do a lot of people like the sports thing? In the morning, absolutely. People mm -hmm. like news in the morning. A lot of people like it quiet sometimes, which I can understand, especially if it's um, before 7 ish on the way to the airport. People are sometimes half asleep. Oh, I've been there. I've been in someone's backseat, definitely almost ready to nap on the plane. <laughs> what is the strangest PG rideshare experience that you've had? I had someone, <laughs> I picked up someone and um, there was another person standing next to him and they both got in the car, but the person that was on the profile, he sat in front <laughs> next to me and he kind of looked scared. We drove off and we're driving for like five minutes and the guy in the back was an interesting person. And then all of a sudden the guy in the back was like, can you just pull over right here? So I pulled over and he got out. And the guy sitting next to me goes, oh my God, I'm so glad he got out. And I go, you didn't know him? He goes, no. He goes, he was just standing next to me talking the whole time and I didn't know how to tell him to get away from me. It's like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. That could have been so ridiculous. Yeah, that could have been bad. <laughs> apparently you got him somewhere he wanted to go but yeah i guess so <laughs> oh my god i'm so surprised that guy didn't somehow try to communicate to you like <laughs> yeah i would have appreciated it oh my gosh wow yeah that's a strange experience for sure um what about like a fun experience so i had a really fun experience going to dropping people off at the world series at dodger stadium i think it was game seven too so it was like really, really electric. 
And I would have had no reason to be there unless I was dropping someone off. A lot of the times going to big events is fun. That's cool. Okay, one last like non-electric question. What is a pet peeve as a driver? Oh my gosh, when people bring a ton of food in and it just smells. It's, it's just, I mean, I understand that people have to eat, but bringing it into a car, like a closed environment, for 20 to 30 minutes is the worst. It doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. <laughs> you bring, like, fast food? Yeah, usually fast food. Exactly. I I noticed that, yeah, on the bus that has happened. I've never been a passenger who's done that. <laughs> Thank you. We yeah. definitely appreciate it. I'm sure that's uh, a popular pet peeve. I'm pretty lenient with stuff. I don't really, I mean, as long as people are somewhat courteous and somewhat respectful, everything else just kind of falls in in the place for the most part. Yeah, you're very relaxed. Would you recommend an EV for rideshare work? 100%. With the right level of patience, an EV is definitely the way to go. They feel safer. They are safer. And they're just really fun to drive and talk about. And it's a unique ride. It's not all the time that people are getting picked up by EVs, even though it should be. Nice. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today, Jose. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you speak to it really well. And I I definitely appreciate your real-world perspective doing, doing the important work of moving people um, in an electric car. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Plugged In Podcast. For more information about Forth's Fair Financing Program, please visit www.forthmobility.org. That's F-O-R-T-H mobility, M-O-B-I-L-I-T-Y dot org. Or you can email electrifyrideshare at forthmobility.org.